When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome to the Saturday, December 31st, 2022 Peach Bowl College Football Playoff Semifinal Edition of the Land Grant Holder and Tailgate Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Tamanini. Every Ohio State football game day this season, I will be kicking off your morning with all of the details that you need to be prepared for that day's contest, whether you are watching from your couch, at a sports bar, or if you are cheering on the Buckeyes from inside the stadium. I'm really hoping that I get to do one more of these podcasts, so fingers crossed and prayers up to the Woody up above. This evening at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia, the fourth-seeded Ohio State Buckeyes, coached by Ryan Day, will take on Kirby Smart's number one-ranked defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs, for the right to play for the college football playoff national championship on Monday, January 9th. The game will air on ESPN at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, which means that Chris Fowler will provide play-by-play with the blue-eyed Buckeye Kirk Herbstreet on color commentary and the GOAT Holly Rowe reporting from the Ohio State sideline and Laura Rutledge on the Georgia sideline. True story, Rutledge is a graduate of Celebration High School in Celebration, Florida, this tiny little town outside the gates of Walt Disney World from which I am recording this very podcast. Anyway, as always, the game can be heard on both 97.1 FM and 1460 AM in Central Ohio and on dozens of affiliates across the state. Where the best in the business, the voice of the Buckeyes' Paul Keels will be on the call, along with Ohio State and NFL legend Jim Lachey supplying color commentary and Matt Andrews on the sideline. Both ESPN's College Game Day and the Big Ten Network's Big Ten Tailgate Show will be on hand to provide all of your pregame coverage needs. And ESPN will have special multicast coverage throughout both college football playoff semifinals today. In addition to the main broadcast on ESPN, over on The Deuce, you can watch a field pass show with the crew from The Pat McAfee Show, obviously led by Pat McAfee, but also including Buckeye great A.J. Hawk. There will also be a command center broadcast on ESPNU, a 5G Skycast on ESPN News, a Spanish language broadcast on ESPN Deportes, and then over on the ESPN app, which you can watch on your phone, mobile device, or on your smart or connected TV, there will be an all 22 view that you can watch, and there'll be hometown broadcasts from the radio play-by-play teams for each of the teams, and a dedicated marching bands feed. I don't know what that means during the course of the game, but I have a feeling that a lot of people might want to tune into that before the game and at halftime to see what Tabiddle does. We'll talk more about the marching band here in just a second. But first, this is normally when I would talk about the weather for today's game. But since it is being played in a dome, I will just say that if you are going to be in the area and want to go to the game, the high for today will be 63 degrees with a moderate chance of rain. Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud is actually really excited about playing indoors. One, because, of course, all quarterbacks probably prefer throwing when the elements aren't a factor, but also because he's never played in a game indoors before, so it'll just be a cool experience for him. And there is a uh, decent shot that he ends up playing in Atlanta fairly regularly starting next fall. 
Anyway, back to the best damn band in the land. At 1 p.m. Eastern Time, they will take part in the Peach Bowl Parade in downtown Atlanta. And then before the game on the field, they will perform a traditional road game floating Ohio formation, followed immediately by a double script Ohio. Then at halftime, they will slick back their hair and don their leather jackets and poodle skirts to bring back their Grease at 50 halftime show. Even though sports betting will not be legal in Ohio until tomorrow, let's take a look at the lines for today's game, which opened with Ohio State as six and a half point underdogs, according to DraftKings Sportsbook. And that number has stayed fairly consistent over the nearly month long wait since the matchup was announced. But in the last 24 ish hours, that number has dipped a little bit. And as of recording time, it sits at six points. The total points line, the under over, is at 62 and a half. The Bulldogs' money line is negative 250, while Ohio State's is at plus 210, meaning that if you bet $100 on Ohio State to win straight up, no lines or point spreads or anything like that, and then they do pull the upset, you win $210. However, if you want to win $100 by picking the Bulldogs to win, you will have to bet 250 up front. Coming into the game, really the only silver lining that can be found in the Buckeyes' loss to Michigan in the regular season finale is the fact that they got an extra week off to rest and rehab from injuries rather than having to play in the Big Ten championship game. And as we know, Ohio State has been pretty beaten up at a number of critical positions all year. While neither Ryan Day or the players really discussed those injuries much throughout the season, having players in and out of the availability report, in and out of the lineup, and even some of the comments that they've made since getting down to Atlanta tells us just how bad things were for a number of these players. Early in the bowl practice process, however, wide receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba did announce something that we all kind of assumed at this point, that he would not be able to play in the game and would therefore look to focus on preparing for the NFL draft next spring. Then a few days later, it was revealed that running back Travion Henderson had undergone season-ending surgery on his foot and would therefore also be unavailable for the game. While those are obviously major losses for the Buckeyes, everyone else of note appears to be back as close to 100% as you could probably possibly hope. Running back Mayan Williams did miss practice on Tuesday and Wednesday down in Atlanta due to an illness, but was back on Thursday and is expected to be full go tonight. Of course, coming off of an illness of whatever sort it might have been, he might not have his lungs back completely, but he will not be hampered by the lower leg injury that impacted him throughout the second half of the season. Cornerback Denzel Burke, who suffered a shoulder injury during preseason camp and that lingered into the season before he actually broke his hand, he told reporters that he was 150% healthy. Math, not my strong suit, but uh, maybe if he's judging it based off of what he was during the season, you can be 150% more healthy. Either way, it doesn't matter. He sounds like he will be full go tonight. Starting offensive guard Matthew Jones, who missed the Michigan game with a high ankle sprain, is back and he practiced all week, but his ankle did appear to be heavily taped. How difficult it is for him to move, we'll talk about here in a minute, but that might be a major deciding factor in this game. Over on the Georgia sideline, there are two key players to keep an eye on. The team's number one wide receiver, Lad McConkey, left the SEC championship game with an apparent knee injury and offensive right tackle Warren McClendon reportedly sustained an upper leg injury during that same game. Kirby Smart has said this week that they are hoping to have them both back for tonight, but in the constant gamesmanship battles that college coaches engage in, he declined to provide any more insight, so I suppose we will know more if and when they take to the field for warm-ups tonight. 
On offense, Georgia is led by Heisman Trophy finalist, however you feel about that, Stetson Bennett, and tight end Brock Bowers. While the potentially injured McConkie is UGA's number one wide receiver, it is actually Bowers who is the team's top pass catcher with 726 yards and six touchdowns on the season. However, at six foot four and 240 pounds, he is nowhere near the biggest target that Bennett will have to throw to tonight. That honor will go to the six foot seven, 270 pound tight end, Darnell Washington, who has accounted for 417 yards and two touchdowns on the season and will undoubtedly present a matchup nightmare for the Buckeyes. Kenny McIntosh leads a trio of running backs who all have between 530 and 710 rushing yards this season. He is joined by Dejon Edwards and Kendall Milton in that trio, but it is McIntosh who leads the team with 709 yards and 10 ground scores, but also complements those numbers with 450 receiving yards and another TD through the air. On the other side of the ball, defensive tackle Jalen Carter was a unanimous All-American despite missing time throughout the season. He is one of three Bulldogs that have seven or more tackles for loss on the year and is tied with two others for the team lead with three sacks. I would anticipate that UGA will look to actually get him into matchups with Matthew Jones early in the game so that they can fully determine how healthy the Buckeye guard's ankle is coming off of that injury. Okay, after a quick break, we will continue today's show with the game's advanced analytics, the rest of today's bowl schedule, and predictions for tonight's outcome. Welcome back. Okay, let's take a look at the advanced analytics. The Buckeyes come into the game as the third rated team in the SP Plus rankings from ESPN's Bill Connolly, while the Bulldogs are number one. Ohio State has the fourth ranked offense, the 15th ranked defense, and the seventh ranked special teams. Georgia is the 16th ranked offense, second rated defense, and fifth place special teams. Connolly's model projects Georgia to win by a score of 29 to 24. That would be an under and a cover, but obviously not a win for the Buckeyes if you're using SP Plus for betting purposes. Connolly's model gives the Bulldogs a 62% win probability. Coincidentally enough, the same number it had OSU beating Michigan by back on November 26th. ESPN's Football Power Index, a different analytic system from the worldwide leader than Connolly's SP+, also has Ohio State at number three and gives the Buckeyes a 42.5% chance to win the game and a 24.9% chance to win the national title. Friends of the show, the college football nerds, put this game into their model and the computer spit out a score of 31 to 26 in favor of the Bulldogs. And finally, the most fun predictions model that we look at every week, the NCAA Game Simulator. It spits out an average score of 29.5 points for the Bulldogs and 28.5 for the Buckeyes, thanks to 8,007 simulations as of recording time. The simulator shows 23.6% of the simulated games were decided by less than five points, and only 3.4% of them went to overtime. The simulator had Ohio State winning 47.5% of the games and winning by more than 20 points in 11.6%. Conversely, they have the Bulldogs winning by more than 20 points in just 13.5% of the over 8,000 sims. Now, before we get into my predictions for the game, I want to run through the rest of the day's bowl games. All times are Columbus time, of course. 
The action will kick off at noon when Iowa and Kentucky face off in the Music City Bowl on ABC. At the same time, over on ESPN, number five Alabama will take on number nine Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl. However, while that game is going on, you might want to keep your eye on the Big Ten Network because beginning at 1 p.m., the number three Ohio State women's basketball team will take on the number 14 Michigan Wolverines from the Cavelli Center on campus in Columbus. Then the first college football playoff semifinal game will begin on ESPN at 4 p.m. as the number three TCU Horn Frogs will look to upset the number two Michigan Harboys. That game will come to you from the Valley of the Sun and the Fiesta Bowl. Of course, the winners of that game and the Peach Bowl will meet in the national championship game in Inglewood, California on January 9th. Okay, back to the Buckeyes. Fandom is a funny thing. In the aftermath of the loss to Michigan in the game, the collective doom and gloom was approaching historic levels throughout Buckeye Nation. However, once Ohio State had been officially selected for the CFP just seven and a half days later, you could almost feel the scarlet and gray sentiment turning, and fans were working themselves up to believing that their favorite team could come up with a performance reminiscent of 2014, leading to them slaying the top-ranked SEC Dragon in a semifinal matchup en route to a national title. That is, I think, still a distinct possibility. Ryan Day's team has spent the past five weeks hearing about how they were embarrassed, outplayed, outclassed, and outcoached by their rivals. Ever since getting to Atlanta, they've been told that they don't really belong in a game with UGA and how they are destined to be roadkill for the SEC champs. People from inside and outside Buckeye Nation were, sometimes fairly and sometimes unfairly, questioning players and coaches, and you have just been able to tell all week from their responses to media inquiries that Ohio State players and coaches heard all of those comments and remember every single one of them. We have seen it over and over again in sports that having a chip on your shoulder can be a great equalizer when facing a team that is expected to dominate in a game. No one questions that Ohio State and Georgia are probably the two most talented teams in the country, not just the two most talented teams in the playoff. But what has been missing for the Buckeyes in recent years hasn't been the talent, but how the coaches have utilized that talent in the biggest games on the schedule. If Day and his staff are ever going to prove that they have accepted the hard-learned lessons of the last two seasons, tonight is where they will have to show it. A fairly healthy Buckeye squad playing indoors will certainly be an improvement over what we saw from them the last time they took the field, and I have to believe that we will see something different and extra and creative and exciting from both the players and the coaches. Will it be enough? I hope so. I don't know. If I'm picking with my head, I would probably be forced to go with something along the lines of Georgia 42, Ohio State 24. But here's the thing. I'm a fan. And as I said just a few minutes ago, fandom is a funny thing. So I'm not going to be picking with my head. I'm going to be picking with my heart. While I believe that two teams will be very evenly matched and will get pretty close to that total points line that DraftKings has set, I think it'll actually be a lower scoring, more tightly contested defensive battle than many people think. Georgia has not played very many quality defensive teams this season. While you might be thinking they're in the SEC, they're all really good defenses. They play in the SEC East, and there aren't a whole lot of great defenses there. The best defense they played all season was Kentucky. Georgia scored a total of 16 points against Kentucky. And while you might question just how much better Ohio State's defense might be than Kentucky's, and if they're actually all that good on that side of the ball, but Ohio State does have the number 13 scoring defense in the country. In fact, tonight's matchup will be a battle of strengths on strengths no matter who has the ball. Ohio State's second-ranked scoring offense will face off against Georgia's 
second-ranked scoring defense. And then when UGA has the ball, the Bulldogs have the 10th-rated scoring offense versus OSU's 13th-ranked scoring defense. So I think it'll be a very close game. I think it'll be thrilling. I think it'll be exciting. And ultimately, my heart tells me that C.J. Stroud will have a game that helps cement his legacy as one of the best QBs in program history, and that Ohio State will win 31-27. All right, that's all we have for you today. As always, Land Grant Holy Land will have you covered before, during, and after the game. I will be mashing buttons on Twitter during the contest, so please follow along and share your thoughts at LandGrant33. You can also follow me personally at BWWMatt. If you are not already, please subscribe to Land Grant Holy Land's one-of-a-kind podcasting network. We have been cranking out, for the most part, from the beginning of the season, two different podcast episodes every single day. Obviously, once the college football season is over, hopefully the second week of January, that might slow down a little bit from the football content side of things, but we have the best collective Ohio State men's women's basketball coverage literally anywhere. No one can compete with our basketball writers in terms of their insight and their output. I think we're doing it better than honestly anyone, maybe with the exception of The Lantern, the student newspaper who is on site for every game. But we are bringing you all of the news, analysis, discussions that you need to be the most informed Buckeye fan possible, and you can't hear our unique voices, topics, and perspectives anywhere else in the Buckeye podcasting universe. So with all of that out of the way, thanks for listening. We will talk to you soon. And as always, go Bucks.